Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, a woman went to our psychiatrist. She said, doctor, it's about my husband. He thinks he's a refrigerator. That's not so bad, the doctor says. It's a rather harmless complex. Well, maybe, the woman says, but he sleeps with his mouth open and the light keeps me awake. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Tips are welcome. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back. This is our 203rd episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight, we continue our look at flops that make you say WTF. And this one is perhaps the definition of that. It's called heart beeps. Not familiar? Well, you're about to be. I am your horny robot host, the Thunderous Wizard. And along with me tonight for this escaped android manhunt are the pod's personal crime buster, Chumpzilla. I am the deluxe model. I draw my pay. I do my job. It's my job to keep the community safe from bad movies like this one. Well, you're not doing a very good job, crime buster. Um, I failed. Yeah. We've also got cat skills joke writer, such as that joke you just heard to start the pod, Bling Blake. Thank you very much. Hey! And Milton Berle has a giant dong. Just yes. huge. He, Just that is the rumor. Massive. He's hung like a Shetland pony. It's like him, yeah. Willem Dafoe? Yes. Mm-hmm. Dafoe, for sure. Stunt cock Dafoe. Neck and neck. Around. He's got a big old cock faux show. Defoe. <laughs> Doesn't rhyme. We tried. Wow. We're, off. Wow. We're, off. We're off to an awesome wow. start, boys. All right. So, uh, points order. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Flops. And Heart Beeps is available for free. And I cannot stress this enough. Do not give this movie money. Andy Kaufman is tragically not with us anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, either is uh, Cat Skills. There's nobody worth giving your money to in this movie. Nope. Nobody. They, and plus, they made enough off of this, they're done. Just, yeah, nope. Just watch it on the Roku channel. Roku all the way. Free. Don't, do not pay money for this. Mm. Uh, so, Chumpzilla, because this movie certainly requires beer, what are we drinking tonight? Well, I have got a Chumpzilla local again. I am sorry, but I've got Atlanta's Monday Night Brewing's Dr. Robot Berry Lemon Sour. And let me tell you, folks, this is a departure from the normal Chumzilla IPA fare, but it is not terrible. I'm not a sour guy. Don't get me wrong, but this is uh, not not bad. Um, It's not too harsh, but uh, it's got like a boozy lemonade ale feel to it. Um, I, I taste some of the sweetness from the berries that kind of offsets the sour notes. 
But sadly, uh, it is like a Captain Cash disappointing 5.0 ABV. So he's not going to like it. But on a hot day, this is not terrible. And for the sours, again, I find this to be very palatable. So if you get a chance, check out Monday Night Brewing's Dr. Robot Berry Lemon Sour. It could be worse. So I'll give it two bad movies. Okay. Now, that sounds uh, interesting. I'm not much of a sour person myself, but one would argue, having listened to you on this pod enough times, that you are perhaps the most sour of us all. Right? Yeah. Seems to fit the mold. Yeah. So Heart Beeps was directed by Alan Arkish. Uh, he's done a ton of TV work throughout his career. And fun fact, this might not be his worst movie because oh, no. he also directed Caddyshack 2. Oh. This, is, this is worse than Caddyshack 2. I think it is, yeah. I, I would yeah. rather watch Caddyshack 2. If mm. not for nothing, it has the dude from uh, Unsolved Mysteries. So there. Robert Stack. Yeah. It's also got Jonathan Silverman at the height of his fame. Was Robert it? Stack. Also <laughs> the height of his fame. I mean, it was that or Weekend at Bernie's too. So it's it's a miracle that Jonathan Silverman did movies after Caddyshack too. It's a miracle anybody did movies after Caddyshack too. <laughs> Doug Kinney killed himself over Caddyshack too. Oh my god! Oh, and it's get darker. I mean, rest in peace, dark. Doug Kinney. He was yeah. amazing, but I mean, it was that bad. It's one of the all-time clunkers. But Heartbeeps stars Andy, the king of Memphis, Tennessee, Kaufman, as Val. You got Bernadette the Jerk Peters as Aqua. You've got Randy Cousin Eddie Quaid as Charlie. You've got Dick Mr. Futterman Miller as the factory watchman. By the way, fellow Chopping Mall alum Paul Bartell also shows up as a party guest. Uh, Dick Miller, famously electrocuted by the Killbot. He's the janitor yeah. in Chopping Mall. Also mm. the neighbor from Gremlins. God, I love mm. I love Mr. Futterman. <laughs> He's uh yeah, that guy. His yeah. documentary is literally that guy. He's that guy. So Heartbeeps, um, if anybody can explain to me how, cost 12 million to produce. Uh it bombed, and for good reason. Uh just 2.2 million dollar gross. Uh, with six reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a zero percent. The user score is 23%. Users, I urge you to review more judiciously. Yeah, that's a well-earned zero from the critics. Yeah. Do you think it was like four users gave it a score and Bob's Muda was one of them? Perhaps, yeah. Maybe he gave it a 10 because that fits into their sort of mold of strange Mm. humor. Mm. Like, you know, it hadn't occurred to me until just now. Like, do you think this movie is just an Andy Kaufman prank on all of us? Now you that know, you bring it up, yes. I mean, yeah, that's, I that that actually checks out a little bit. I think he, honestly, Blake, I think he tried to make that joke after the fact. Like, he was like, hey, I'll, I'll refund anybody that saw it. And, you know, uh, you know Letterman was like, well, uh, I hope you have change for a 20. Yeah, because nobody paid to go see it. Nobody paid to go see it. But I think this is one of those things where I think this is like, I hate to say this. I'm going to deep here for a second. You you go back in history, you look at people like Kaufman and people like 
Kurt Cobain that tried to act like they didn't care about their persona and their careers and like the sort of thing was like, well, whatever, it just kind of happens. But secretly and in reality, they were absolutely concerned with their persona and the way their career was going to go in entertainment. And I think Coffin was one of those guys. Like He was trying to craft and hone a persona that was going to make him famous. And Kurt Cobain, for all his, like, I don't give a shit about stuff, like secretly and in his diaries, he was absolutely obsessed with trying to be famous and to write pop songs. He's like, I want to be fucking Paul McCartney. And then like, it just was weird moments where those things like collide. And I think like he realized like he got like too close to the fucking sun for a second. Like I think Coffin was like, I just, I need to get that big break. I need, I, I need to like jump the shark somehow. I need to make this thing happen. And this is what he tried to do, and it blew up in his face. I don't know. I might be I, way off and might be high on DMT or whatever Joe Rogan smokes right now. But I think it's one of those things where, like, yes, that was his whole shtick. He's like, this isn't for real, but this is where it got too real. Joe Rogan, like uh, the like an incredible Hulk villain, is just injecting human growth hormone straight into his forehead. His nards. In, in right hopes that nards. it'll make his brain grow very large. Well, but big, big, big brain Joe is the man. It's not working, uh, right. and I, I have no idea what Andy Kaufman was thinking with this movie. But whatever it was, he wanted to be famous. He wanted to be a movie star. But he this was, was supposed to be famous. his stepping stone. He wanted to do the, the 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 you know the whatever movie. Like he was, dude had a plan. He wasn't just a complete madman. I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Well, say okay. here is the guy was not a complete madman. He wanted a career in show business, and this was supposed to be a stepping stone. Well, sadly, he dies not long after like three this years later. The movie yeah. comes out, and yeah. he does a couple more films, but nothing of note, nothing that ever surpassed his live act or his days on Taxi. And yeah, yeah. so it goes. Uh, this movie is an absolute abomination, uh, but it was nominated for an Oscar for Best uh, Makeup. Uh, Stan Winston did the robot designs and I gotta tell you, I love Stan Winston. I'm not quite understanding how this got nominated. Uh, and it does boast a score by John Williams. That latter fact what? nearly what? killed me. Nearly, nearly killed me as I watched this. How? Why? I don't I mean know. it's it's very John Williams-esque in terms of like it's it's his music, it's right there the whole time. That, yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, how do, like, is that, I guess that's where they spent the money. Um, I'm sure that was a, a portion of it. And for no good reason did uh, this movie deserve the talents of John Williams. But uh, before we get into the plot, let's do our one sentence descriptions. Bling Blake, how would you describe Heartbeeps in one sentence? Two incredibly funny people star in an incredibly unfunny movie about robots on the run that's somehow worse for Andy Kaufman's career than lung cancer. Oh. oh. All right. Jumps oh. Harsh. Yeah. Harsh, yes, but... Not, not wrong. I'm not, not wrong. wrong. No, no. But damn. That's tough to follow. I mean, 
Jesus. All right. Sorry, um, the savage. <laughs> I mean, that's again not wrong, but fuck. Okay. Um, uh, heart beeps might be the most poorly executed attempt at bringing a solid sci-fi concept to the big screen that has ever been put to film. And bear in mind, this came out a year before Blade Runner. All right, so here's mine. I'm going to channel the great Tony Clifton. (laughs) Guys, got to tell you, just watch Heartbeats. That movie is so cold. How cold was it? Hey, you, did I ask you? Did I fucking ask you? That's heartbeats. It's not funny. It's off-putting. It's like a Tony Clifton set at a dive club. And it never lands. No. There wasn't any jokes in it. You know, I think one of the weakest points of the movie is they give Andy Kaufman's character and Bernadette, whatever her name is, is they give him the weird android, like, well, they have a they have a speech. baby. Oh, and, and, and the, the, speech, but they have a baby. The, Phil. the baby doesn't talk, but but they give them the weird speech patterns. But like, it seems like it's a setup for something, but it never. There's no punchline. Those it's, it's the just, setup is just that we're all just machines living within a system, a society that forces us to conform to some box. We have to have a purpose in our society. And yeah. they knew that. And that's why they, young Phil, their baby, you know, he couldn't survive without a purpose. Now, he, let's get into the plot because this is all system. part of the plot. And uh, uh, oh, Chubb why don't you lead us through the plot of Heartbeeps? Because I think I had several strokes. Okay, this is near and dear to my heart, obviously. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take this over here. Um, so the plot, albeit as weird as this movie is, is relatively straightforward. Uh, uh, but the movie does want to confuse you right off the bat. So it opens with this weird monologue from the wannabe Blade Runner, a year before Blade Runner, uh, proto-killbot called the Crime Buster Unit, who's designed to hunt down rogue and or malfunctioning robots. Okay, great, whatever. Uh, but in, in this world, uh, humanity has mass-produced service robots that uh, some folks have conflicting opinions about as to how self-aware they have become. And uh, that is explained by two dim-witted factory workers. And uh, we now are introduced to our, our three main characters here. We've got Val, Aqua, and Catskill. Who are robots that have all been sent back to this like main corporate factory for repair because they have all malfunctioned in some fashion. And I got a quick question. Yeah, go uh, ahead. So Val malfunctions because he drops a some on his foot, garbage foot. can on his foot. Aqua yeah. malfunctions for whatever reason. Uh, what is Catskills malfunction? Like he seems to be serving his purpose, which is to tell terrible jokes. I mean, he's he, he has to, he's got he's got the tiptoes leg thing going. He's just he has to sit on a box. Well, aside from some actor having to sit inside the machine, yes. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think his problem is that, and and we find out later why. Yeah. But he's he's only doing the bad one liners. Like he's he's only doing he's not doing the good joke. He's only doing the bad the bad one liners. Yeah, and, oh, and, and well. that's not even 100% clear. To he be honest, seems but... like he could have worked at Pluto Nash's club in 
<laughs> the adventures of Pluto Nash. Well, he would have fit in very well with Randy Quaid. There you they, go. They, they would have been buddies. It, it seems like Randy Quaid's character is actually just this is a prequel for him. I, I, you boss. know, I, I just, okay, boss. Of all the people that need better agents in all the movies we've done here, Randy Quaid's quickly rising to the top here. Guy needs better representation. Uh, I mean, he or did, he did. He put did. On a, now, he did put a mask so of a movie producer on his wife and film an amateur porn movie. I think Randy Quaid, his agent, might not be the problem. Who might just be had, Randy Quaid. Okay. You know, who hasn't done that? Let's, that's, come on. But regardless, they've all been sent back to the factory because they've malfunctioned in some fashion, including Catskills. And uh, while they're put in storage, Val, uh, a Wall Street bot, becomes interested in some non-logical things while interacting with the basic pleasure model that is Aqua. And and, and let me ask you the question, guys. How do rainbows work? What do they mean? So here's my question. Is is Val just a flirt bot or does she have orifices? No, I mean, well, it's like one of those hostess bars in Japan, you know, I mean, okay, it's 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 not not, not a Chris Klein situation here. No, No, not for you. She's totally a moon face sex bot. You definitely you definitely get thrown out of uh, Aqua's gentleman's club. Yeah, you are not a gentleman, sir. You are not. I do love a banana daiquiri. Yeah. So we've got these three main characters now. And uh, Val becomes interested in these like non-logical things. So they somehow escape this warehouse where they're stored to venture off onto this adventure uh, to acquire non-essential data or something like that, because it's an analog for like, hey, we need to go live real life experiences because that's what's important. So there is a vague moral message here about living life, whatever. Don't worry about that. It's not really important. So the three robots wander through the woods. They find some spare parts and craft themselves a son, Phil, which is basically a proto Wally, right? He's got some, some Wally yeah, characteristics. Yeah, he's, a, he's a junk collector. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and then they, so they get this like, weird family dynamic now where they're worried about their son, which is a little weird, very 80s, kind of Kramer versus Kramer, but whatever. Uh, and meanwhile, these factory guys uh, you know, working at the place where they escaped from are worried about like, hey, these dudes have left. You got to find them. And then the kill bot from the opening scene is now on the case as well and trying to track down where are trio well, now, quadro of robots have escaped uh, to, uh, it doesn't matter, whatever. And anyway, we get uh, some, you basically get three absolutely terrible scenes back to back here. We get, uh, uh, there's a scene where they fight a bear in a cave that they call a camel. Yeah, it's a camel. Which is stupid and makes no sense, but whatever. Uh, they then camouflage themselves with trees to confuse the killbot. Again, super stupid, doesn't make any sense. And then they go to a house party that doesn't make any sense, kind of like tiptoes, not gonna lie. Which is then crashed by the killbot, who crashes basically all these incidences. 
And uh, then they make it to a friendly, somewhat friendly junkyard encounter that is also crashed by the killbot. But hey, Christopher Guest shows up. Yeah, and it does honestly, it feels like everything that Christopher Guest learned from this movie was a lesson in how not to make a movie. Maybe. I mean, he's given us some great films over the years. Yeah. yeah. So our our robots escape all of these incidences. Uh, somehow and they make it to this weird kind of final scene set up where the uh, Catskill the comedy robot reveals that he has sacrificed his humor potential and battery life to sustain Phil the baby robot and that happened back at the junkyard and then Val and Aqua run out of juice while reaching out to each other in some sort of like poetic final embrace Ah, as they power down and then the corporate guys arrive and they recover the depowered uh, trio while phil wanders off into the wilderness like some sort of robotic john rambo okay so the movie ends presumably um you neglected to discuss the absolute lunacy of this movie's entire plot hinging on the fact that they are going back to the fucking factory where they yeah, started no. oh yeah 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 no that's a good point yeah no they head they head back because that's the life must oh and where it began yeah they just have to head back that, that way yeah you know, well they were never trying to escape it was just a fact-finding mission fact to finding. yeah learn about trees because val is a commodity trader in the forest and those trees over there Aqua, yeah. would you like to accompany me on my mission to discover those trees? Oh my and god. He, he knows been... how to drive and he's not gonna listen to somebody, some some woman bot telling him how to drive. He knows what the animals are. He doesn't need Encyclopedia Britannica to know that, that grizzly bear is a camel. But yeah, wait, hold, hold on. Stop, stop bling. I'm I'm you know, I'm fucking this up terribly, but I'm sorry, T dubs. Can you do that voice again? That was amazing. Request denied. I am the perfect podcaster now. No, now, now that sounds good. That sounds kind of right. He's not, he sounds more like a snork. <laughs> He's doing Latka from Taxi, but worse. Well, Latka but, is this foreign guy. Yeah. Like yeah, it's the it's the very, nasal without the much. accent part. Yeah. But no, but no, but uh, you're doing you're doing a snork. That's 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 good stuff, T Dubs. That's that's character work, brother. You can get some. I'm telling you, man, Anna Barbera. I will up. only answer questions now as Val. Mm-hmm. I am Mar- Marvin Martian. <laughs> I have fallen in oh. love with Aqua, and go. our son Phil is a real pain in the ass. Yeah. Well, you yeah, oh, so uh, just to finish it off here. Okay, so they they do make it back to the factory or whatever. Uh, but yeah, we, we find out that uh, they could not be repaired. Turns out that Val and Aqua just, they could be circuit wiped and they could be repowered, but it didn't matter. So they were sent off to the scrap heap for junk. Luckily enough, they were revealed to be delivered to these friendly scrap heap with the friendly junkie people. And of course, they're there with Phil in new clothes, 
and they have created a daughter. Look, my walking abilities are no longer hindered. Thank you so much. Uh, new what? one sentence description. Robo slop. Yeah. Robo slop. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird ending. They're just completely. You know, whatever. as as bad as uh, Val's outfit is at the end, at least it didn't come from the upholstery from a Buick. So it, it was a nice golf shirt. But don't don't worry, folks. There is, I think, what is supposed to be a sequel tease because after the happy ending, it's revealed that Crime Buster is still on the prowl. He's out there looking for him or something. Uh... First of all, I guess Crime Buster is the know. only cool thing in this movie because it is absolutely making huge digs at police officers. Like, like he just keeps shooting at things. The job is he not finished up, until justice women, is served. Children. <laughs> he blows up a stump because it won't come to him. You tiny well, person, <laughs> what are you doing over there? I must protect democracy. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I, I probably did a terrible job there, but this is a this, this is a bad. No, I, movie. I, really I think is. that was that was a solid plot because this movie's simply indescribable, which is why I would give it six beers despite it only being an hour and seventeen minutes long. <laughs> it was it, der- it, it deserves every single one of those. It was painful to get through. That's all you can really do. I mean, I guess we're just going to do our our beer ratings and and yeah all you can do is is just pound beers from start to finish like don't put them in the fridge get a cooler at your feet and and chain chug uh well yeah i mean as much as i yeah, don't want to shit yeah. on this movie because i think it has a really good idea like it does like i think there's an interesting oh is there a, is there a good idea here yeah, I would love about, to hear about, it. About what the, the the thing about AI is it is it learning? Is it where? But the point is, is, it is alive? They, is it dead? Is it capable of feeling? Should it be able to have sex with a hostess bot in the factory? Right? I mean, there there is something there that is interesting, but literally the production quality of the first like ten minutes of the movie are so bad. The ADR the ADR quality the dubbing the dubbing is so bad. In the first like twenty minutes of the movie, it's like I'm gonna turn this off. This is I, this is this is high school level. What is twelve million dollars adjusted for inflation? Oh, this is like, like a this is like a six, sixty million dollar movie. Like a sixty million dollar movie, and for what? what the the rumor yeah. the rumor is they literally gave Andy Coffin a blank check for this. Yeah. Which is why oh, they wow. spent the money that they did. Oh. Uh, the, the 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 visual effects. I, I'll tell you right now. Um, they were trying to do stuff with the facial crap. Oh yeah. I mean, they were they were trying. I think I think the problem with this movie is this movie ended up being kind of an experiment. Well, here's the good news: they recouped some of that money when they sold Andy Kaufman's suit to the guy with the uh, video recording device from Alien Three. So. So oh, nice. they got some yeah. of that back. That and helps. Back. Hey, uh, we really need like a an inflatable looking outfit. What do you have on your lot? Oh well, shit, dude. We did this movie called Heartbeeps in the eighties. We got all Fuck kinds yeah, of man. Take inflatable it, man. looking shit back there. Do you need a half robot? No. All right. Cool. We'll sell that to uh, Leprechaun Four. No worries. <laughs> 
Uh, so six beers, Chumpzilla. Oh, I, I, I this is solid five. Solid oh, five for okay. Because I was gonna, I thought we were gonna be unanimous, and I thought we would all agree that this is probably deserving of the shit movie championship. I, I think this I, movie I can't just argue has against it. Absolutely no point to it. It is a bunch of people dressed like robots walking around in the woods. It looks like a student film it with does. Stan Winston providing the costume design. It's really unredeemable in that sense. It, it, it is. There's a lot of like just people in the woods. The the bear the bear scene, the bear the bear scene. Even just the bear the, cost a lot of money. It just seems like they ran out of money, and they're like, "Can we get stock footage of a bear?" Cool. Uh, and the bear running the away from the helicopter. The characters share no screen time with that. No. Mm-mm. So it's just like that's that's a bear. They just like went out in the woods and then cut it with scenes of a bear filmed at another. Oh, time. they spliced the hell out of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, it's uh, again, it's kind of an oddity because you've got John Williams on the score, right? You got Stan Winston on the character work on the special effects and you've got like legit funny people in the cast and yet it is wow well it's just bad I, I will just say this i guess before we go to the break which we're about to is i love andy kaufman but andy kaufman to me is not your stereotypical lead for a comedy film no andy kaufman is great because of the way he would basically create controversy comedy where you it blurred the lines of reality like his wrestling stint is incredible and there's a, a old 80s documentary about that i'm from hollywood which is great i mean the mm. movie man on the moon where jim carrey plays andy kaufman is great it's and a good movie. he's just yeah. not really like he's not the, yeah, I, I, the when i think he's of andy kaufman artist. i don't think of oh he should be the lead yeah. of romantic comedy Right. He's a performance artist. He was not an actor. He didn't even want to be called a comedian. Right. But again, like, but, but, but again that's, that's where his, I'll be honest with you guys, you have to take a step back here. That's where his shtick starts to fall apart. Because when you see a movie like this, you have to understand that, like, even though he thought he was a maverick and all that, at the end of the day, the dude was just trying to make it as a song and dance guy, which that's, his self-applied title. I'm a song mm-hmm. and dance guy. He's an entertainer. He was trying to make it big, man. Like he can, he can fucking try to talk us all out of that. But at the end of the day, that's his shtick. He wanted to be a song and dance guy, and he was trying to get his, you know, leg up in Hollywood. But but he is. But for yeah. example, so it, it bit him in the butt. Is what I was saying. He's, uh, you know, Latka in Taxi was the basically oh, yeah. the naive foreign guy in this New York taxi stand. Um, Thank he's, you like a, he's more like a, he's, he's more a Dwight Schrute than a Michael Scott. Like he's got to be the Absolutely. side. He can't be yeah. the, the romantic lead when well, you're being this overtly goofy. So like, I don't even think, yeah, you want to be famous, but you were famous and I love Andy Kaufman. So it's really, but understand him, oh. but this movie just, is woefully from conception to design to execution 
is like a huge yeah. WTF. If he'd had better agent, they would have talked him out of it. I, I would have liked to have seen Andy get a chance to do a, a leading role where he wasn't pigeonholed into this robot character, right? Like, I don't want him to be Latka. I don't want him to be foreign yeah. guy. I don't want him to be Val. And it's a shame that this movie didn't work at all and that they completely underutilized his talents. Because right. I think... I think if he had been able to to workshop a different character and be an Ace Ventura, he could have pulled that off. Well, isn't he, Tony Clifton sort of his response to people who were constantly hammering him to do Latka? It's it, it like, it's the double-edged sword of Hollywood, right? Yeah, you have like, to find a way I'm to I'm super like, famous for this. I hate this. Now I'm just gonna do this thing that is so off-putting. To basically mm. snicker at you behind your backs. Yeah, no, yeah, but but it's not. But like, foreign guy was his stand-up caricature or persona that he did that got him taxi right. So you they, know, they, they it's, it's, it's a double-edged that, sword. It, no, it, it is one hundred percent. They bought that character, and then he was trying to figure out how to like get out of that well anyone right. will tell you working on a sitcom where you're basically playing this character who is absolutely one note and is simply there just as to be laughed at not laughed with that's like incredibly demoralizing as a creative person i mean i know blink blake loves cbs sitcoms but certainly he must know <laughs> yeah i mean Jesus. i i i wonder about like like what do you think Patton Oswalt thinks about his time on King of Queens, right? Like playing that Spence was, was a one trick pony for him. Um, when he's sure obviously a much more dynamic house. and different person, right? Yeah. yeah it's, it's, I, I guess like, you know, if you have less opportunity, which certainly Andy Kaufman for a guy who was on a show that was watched by tens of millions of more people than something would be today to just be <clears> stuck as this ridiculous construction and then you get this 12 million dollar movie and you're the same ridiculous construction but you're wear dressed in like this awful rubber suit and this idiotic mask and he can do even less than he got to do with Laka, right like at least Laka was a person and could emote on some level true all right, so let's take our first break. And when we come back, we have very few questions about this movie. And most of them are wow. pertain to how this could have happened. <laughs> so uh, let's hear from our robot loving brother from another mother over the Double Turn podcast. He's pulling a double shift with the crime buster, but should be in good spirits. Hey, everyone, it's the J-Man, and I'm the host of the Double Turn podcast. Every month, myself and a featured guest bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in the industry, or taking a look back at some of the greatest matches and moments in history. So check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And give us a follow on Twitter at TDT Wrestling Pod and on Instagram at The Double Turn Podcast. And don't forget to check out our home base at wabamentertainment.com for all your comic book and movie needs. And check out our sister podcast, Hops and Box Office Flops. Enjoy, and we'll catch you on the flip side. 
Hello and welcome back to our 203rd episode of Pops and Box Office Flops. We're talking about the bewildering, almost indescribable heartbeeps. We tried our best to describe it in the first portion of the show. And now we're on to lingering questions. Quite simply, why? <laughs> why, Bling Blake? Why did this happen? I mean, we kind of hit on it a minute ago, which was this was supposed to be the test run of can Andy Kaufman carry a film, right? Yep. But why? Why would you choose this vehicle to explore that when you don't let him be Andy Kaufman at all? You know what the short answer is? Apparently test audiences liked robots because of like R2-D2 and C-3PO. So they're like... That's not how you make a twelve million dollars. But that's literally the decision making. It's like oh, the fucking kids like robots. Fucking make a robot movie. Done. That's robots. it. Cocaine. Yeah. Cocaine and test. So John groups. Peters kicked in the door. Yeah. Gave him two options. No, he didn't produce this, but you fucking can robots are inspired. Like yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You guys are right. I, you're, you know, this is a test run. Here's this guy. We think he can be marketable. Let's give him the least markable project on earth. Good idea. Mm. Idiots. Uh, number two, how was this nominated for an Oscar? How? The costumes don't look good. Uh, Bernadette yeah. Peters, poor Bernadette Peters' face can barely move. And either she had a serious Botox injection before every scene, or she's just ingesting poison. No, fun fun fact, fun fact. Uh, 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 what's his face? Uh Andy Kaufman's character had twice as many uh, pieces to his facial prosthesis as hers. He had twenty four. Hers was just paint mostly. She had twelve, and her her lipstick on her robot face didn't even match up with the actual lip line of her face. It was the weirdest fucking thing. It was it, it was so off putting. Like, even it, like cat skill as a as a. As a as like a creature design, Catskill is abysmal. The hair is falling off the side of his head. That wasn't even hair. That was uh, it was Brillo pad. It was uh, you know steel wool. Yes, steel wool. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, like his eyebrows move in wall. weird ways. I, I understand. I understand how this could have been nominated. I mean, I think that that it was really <laughs> ambitious. In terms of what he was trying to do, in, in terms of making these, because he was Stan Winston got got famous for doing the Tin Man, right? And the and, Wiz, yeah, and and so he wanted and to stuff do that, before that. that. He, oh, he this is this stuff. is also more of a reimagining, like the Wiz. So, and and so I think like like he was really ambitious. So it makes sense that it was. Uh, he, was na- he was the name. It, hey guys. The, the real answer is it's the first year that was a category. Doesn't so explain just, why Suicide Squad won for 35 years later or whatever. They were giant pussies about who they were going to pick for the first time. I, I have this to, was I, the first time. I guess I should have researched who were the other nominees, and I'll, I'll do that as we go through. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, T-Dubs. It comes up in the quiz. Oh, do okay. Not research. Okay. Uh, so got number covered, three. brother. What is the worst gag of this heinously unfunny film? Are we all in agreement it's the bear camel thing? No, I mean, it's all of them. The there's, bear gag is bad. There were gags? Yeah. There is not one joke in this entire movie. It is a fucking dud. 
Please slow down your driving, Val. Request denied. I am the world's greatest driver now. That that was that might have actually approached a joke. The uh, rest of the, the movie's so bad the camel thing doesn't even fucking register because it's it's all bad. How about how about how about the bush one when when the the Kelbot was like, also very like, bad. like oh my god that one doesn't god. look like a bush. Okay, yeah, that's because he is a shrub. Yeah, let me see your papers. If you are a tree, let me see your papers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they 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 broke him because I I what did they, how did they break the robot? Christopher Does it Guest matter? snips him. No, like when they they confused later, it when later. they were the when they were the bushes. They somehow oh. confused him. Oh, because he he gave him the logic game, right? Yeah. Robots can't be criminals, so they can't be criminals because they're robots. We are not criminals, Crime Buster. Logic says. <laughs> Uh, number four again. Why? <laughs> why? What did we do to deserve this film? And Chumpzilla, I will never forgive you for finding this on Pluto. Pluto, there's a plug. Send us oh, no. Pluto bucks. Roku channel. Roku this thing channel. Look it up. Is this is torture? Torturous. It's uh, money for this. Uh, uh, cocaine. <laughs> this movie was. <laughs> Basically, yeah. cocaine. I you guess. owe Blake $4. You owe me my time. Wow. Time is I very mean, valuable. And, and here's the worst part. I watched this again for this podcast. But I, I have actually watched this movie before. I've seen it one time before. I have seen heartbeats before. I knew it existed. It was on cable or a satellite many, many, many moons ago, and I've seen it. So I've been holding this near and dear to my heart, just waiting to drop it on you guys. And I'm sorry that you don't like it because I mean it's it's a great movie. Chumpzilla, logic dictates that you should not subject your friends to movies like this. You are the devil. I'm that, that I'm the guy that great. watches you're doing a good job with the voice. I'm the guy that watches all of these movies twice. Every time, right? I always watch them twice because I want to make don't, sure I, I do a good do job it, and do my don't research. Do don't do and uh, I no, I got I refused. I was like, I'm not doing this again. Mm. All right, yeah, no, and uh, and you, honestly, listeners, you shouldn't watch this either. This is the shit movie champion. It's worse than Rollerball. You don't even get like you know the the sexy Chris Klein factor, and to get to think or, about Bling Blake's sex robot. That okay, first up, okay, hold on, hold on, okay. I, I got some questions here. If you're gonna rule out rollerball, there's no moon face sex doll action or I mean it's it's Listen. still less entertaining than rollerball. Yeah. And okay. I, I okay. believe me, I took a long hard look at the green at the uh night vision scene mm. and I still I long. it's still better than heartbeeps. Hard. And still better. Yeah, I did some serious analyzing of the of the night vision okay. scene. Okay, that's fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so listeners, we're going to take our second break, and when we come back, we've got the request denied trivia challenge hosted by Chumpzilla.
And welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. Tonight, we've got the pod standard five-question multiple-choice format quiz, and you'll be playing for the screen-used Phil Prop from the movie, and your chime-ins are, it's because my pleasure centers have malfunctioned, or I cannot rest, or any of the pod standards. Good luck, gentlemen. Question number one. The very talented Bernadette Peters has won two Tonys for Best Actress in a Musical. Which of these plays accounts for one of her wins? Is it A, On the Town? B, The Goodbye Girl? C, Annie, get your gun. Or D, Gypsy. I cannot rest. Playing play. I don't know any of those. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Gypsy. Gypsy. Captain Cash would approve. That is incorrect. Balls. Request I'm sorry, sir. Oh, no. T-Dubs, can you steal? On the town. I'm sorry, gentlemen. She wanted for Annie Get Your Gun. She was Annie Oakley. Anything you can do, I can do better. All I right, do guys. Anything that's... better than you. Oof, that's, Except that's... act as a robot. <laughs> yeah, it's a painful goose egg, but let's go on to question number two. Junkyard Calvin is played by the very talented Christopher Guest, who is currently married to which Hollywood starlet? Is he married to A, Sigourney Weaver, B, Jamie Lee Curtis, C, Barbara Crampton, or D, Juliette Lewis? My pleasure centers are malfunctioning. Oh, I think that's T-Dubs. It's Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, yes. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah. Indeed, yep. Best in I show, didn't... Christopher Guest. Yeah, I love him. I did not yeah. know that. Didn't ja- was, was Jamie Lee in the running for this movie? No, but Sigourney Weaver. It was, was. Sigourney Weaver. Maybe, kind of. Oh, God. What a bullet to dodge. Her yeah, bo- no kidding. Her, her agent said no. Well, okay. That is somebody that's earning their 10% for sure. Yes, they did. Okay. Well, that brings us to question number three. Uh, the Grateful Dead's Jerry Garcia allegedly voiced the character of Phil. What was his band, his bands, that is, original name? What was the Grateful Dead's original name as a band? Was it A, the Wildwood Boys? Was it B, the Big Band? Was it C, the Holders? Or was it D, the Warlocks? I'm going to shoot. Oh, Blink Blake, that's you, buddy. Think it's the Warlocks? That is 100% the right answer. And that gives you one point. You are now tied with T-Dubs. Excellent. The resident yeah. hippie is going to get that one. 
And the only reason they didn't stick with that name was it was already uh, trademarked by another band. So they had to, they found out it was taken. So they moved on to the Grateful Dead. And the rest is uh, history. So, okay. So here we are. Question number four. Heart Beeps was nominated for two Saturn Awards in 1982. One of which was best science fiction science fiction film, that is. What film won that category in that year? Was it A, Superman 2, B, Raiders of the Lost Ark, C, Heavy Metal, or D, Clash of the Titans in the year of our Lord, 1982? Request denied. Um, that sounds like T-dubs. I'll go with Raiders. Oh. You are incorrect, sir. But that came out in 81, right? Did you? Oh, I hope you didn't throw movies that didn't actually come out in 1981. I didn't. Uh, uh, sometimes I do that. I just do shit that came out around the year. Yeah. yeah I, well, you're not, a dick. Yeah, not in this case. So, Blaine uh, Blake, you have that to your advantage now. I'm taking Superman too. That's the uh... fuck yeah, you win. Boom, yeah. done. Blaine Blake now has one point. That's amazing. Listen, oh, I got I, two, baby. I got two. I love Superman uh, two, too. Yes, two. Not a sci-fi movie. Uh, I, I, Raiders I really isn't either, but Raiders is a better movie than Superman two. And I love Superman too. So, just for fun, T Dubs, here's question number five. Heart Bleeps was somehow nominated for a. Oscar, I kid you not, an Oscar for best makeup effects in that category's first year, and it did lose to a werewolf in London, uh, which it probably should have, but whatever. Anyway, there was one other film nominated that year. Was it A, The Great Muppet Caper? B, Raiders of the Lost Ark. C. Dragon Slayer. Or D. None of the above. Ponytails, cocktails. Bling bling. Let's go with Raiders for the face melting scene at the end. You, sir, are a fool because that is incorrect. Damn it. T Dubs, can you steal? After I think it's for the tie team. Okay, you know what? Of all this... that, that setup, can you, you steal? For the tie, after I just took mm-hmm. off my Indiana Jones fedora, because I thought Bling Blake was right, and he was riding off into the sunset with the wind. I'm going with none of the above. Muppets aren't makeup. They're fucking puppets. So if it's the Muppets, I'm going to be upset. Well, Very first upset. off, you're kind of a dick, T-Doves, but you are also correct. Oh, so I was right. Right, right. Yeah, no, you're the worst. Muppets are makeup. So, so who else was nominated? Nobody. That was it. It was. It was just. It was just them. So you lied. You said somebody else got nominated, and then the answer was no, and nobody got nominated. I said scumbag. I said nobody was an option. I didn't. Yeah, but the question was Professor Chumzilla. Somebody uh, else got nominated. Who was it? You're a scumbag, Professor Chumzilla. I'd like to protest the question. I think I've always been a scumbag. 
Professor Chumzilla, you don't seem to be in your correct faculties. Maybe you need to go back to the uh, factory for uh, some <laughs> some uh, wire wiping or whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you yes, need so, your circuits wiped. So, okay, so we tied Blake, Blake, and we'll share custody of Phil. I'll get him uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can have him for weekends because... Sorry, buddy. I'm busy on the weekend, so <laughs> you've got to take our you've got to take our new bastard robot child. Oh my um, god! And we're on to uh, uh, recommendations now, and uh, we'll kick it off with you, Bling Blake. What do you have to recommend this week? And I know it's not heartbeats, so <laughs> it is. It is not heartbeats. Uh, you know, this is this is gonna air in a week but uh this was was fourth of july weekend for us so or week for us so uh did not consume a lot of new media over the course of this week the one thing i did watch that i'd never seen before i'm not going to recommend that was immortals we talked about it over text message this week it's not not recommendation worthy but in the vein of, of heartbeats uh you mentioned this one earlier i think in our in our introductions of our cast t-dubs uh Watch The Jerk. Uh, Bernadette Peters uh, does a great job in that movie. Um, I don't think it's streaming anywhere for free right now, but you should definitely own that. Another one in uh, in the same vein is, and also mentioned earlier, um, Man on the Moon uh, with Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman. Also not free anywhere, but it's worth the $4.00. And if you want to get your Andy Kaufman fix, you can get all five seasons of Taxi on Amazon Prime. Uh, so there's three uh, awesome things to watch for you right there. Excellent. And uh, Man on the Moon is an incredible movie uh, directed by Milo Schwarman. And if you want to get inside the head of Jim Carrey, watch the documentary about him on Netflix, uh, Andy and Me where he details him playing Andy Kaufman, where he essentially becomes Andy Kaufman. And I'm sure there's a lot of ego that went into him thinking like this was a good idea, but he truly embodies like that insane spirit of Andy Kaufman and blurs the lines of reality and fiction and dresses up like Tony Clifton and storms the uh, studio president's office. And it's kind of awesome. Um, because I think if you're going to play Andy Kaufman and you want to honor the legacy of Andy Kaufman, like he and Bob Zamuda became very close through the filming of that movie and they just made it a shoot and it was kind of incredible. Like they were just like, Hey, this is like, let's do what Andy would have done. (laughs) He's, I mean, he's arguably never been the same since making that movie. Well, it messed with him. Yeah. And fame messed with him and, yeah, if it, it fundamentally changed Jim Carrey. Um, uh, but to hear him and Bob Zamuda like basically like talk about like how funny would this be? And then it just kind of takes on a life of its own. And poor Milos Foreman was not prepared to deal with, with what happened on the set of that movie. <laughs> not, like not him, many people were like him literally getting into to beefs with, with Jerry Lawler as if they were like trying to sell this thing that was a work. In the first place, it, it's wild. Um, but anyways, my recommendations. And a couple of weeks ago, I, I recommended the uh, American Gladiators 30 for 30 on uh, ESPN. Well, there's one on Netflix and it's a five part documentary. It's called Muscles and Mayhem, the unauthorized biography of American Gladiators. 
And I think you have to kind of watch it in concert with the ESPN one because the ESPN one focuses very heavily on Johnny Ferraro, who is a carny and came up with this idea and basically, you know, he's like any other snake oil salesman shithead. He's very self-congratulatory. And to me, the American Gladiators is always about the gladiators, the people that were putting their bodies on the line to entertain us. And the Netflix show focuses way more on them. So it interviews Nitro and Laser and Ice and Zap and Blaze. Whereas the ESPN one, like they interviewed Thunder, who actually passed away in 2021. um, And he was injured severely on that show. And then a a couple others. This one gets Gemini, who was also on the ESPN one, but way more gladiators. And that show, honestly, is about the contestants. It's about the gladiators. It's not about some dipshit from Erie who stole somebody else's idea. So watch that. Muscles and Mayhem. I really enjoyed it. My other recommendation is the book, uh, The Last Action Heroes by Nick DeSemlin. Uh, chronicles my favorite era of movies, which is the 80s and 90s muscle-bound action movie, testosterone-filled hero boom. I love the book so much I bought it digitally and in hardcover because I wanted to have the hardcover of the book. Usually I just read things digitally because I love to highlight. I love to make little notes, but I had to buy the hardcover and hopefully one day I can get it signed. But it features a tremendous quote from Judo Jean LaBelle on the time he choked out Steven Seagal, pod punching bag Steven Seagal. And keep in mind, listeners, Judo Jean, probably a bit of a racist or a bigot. <laughs> Because he said, I gave him the Polish underwear, yellow in front, brown in the back, so you know which way to put them on. <laughs> That's the quote from Judo G. LaBelle about choking Polish underwear. Steven Seagal. So those are my two recommendations. Fuck Steven Seagal. I hate that <laughs> son of a bitch. That book is also actually details all the reasons you should hate Steven Seagal. Not only was he full of shit and not a tough guy, but he was a sex pest and just a garbage human being. So those are my recommendations. And we would get a recommendation from Chemzilla, but he's having technical difficulties. So we're just going to say, hey, remember, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at WriterTLK. Captain Cash, when he's not jamming out to sweet Ed Sheeran tunes, can be found at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most social media. Chumzilla can be found at Chumzilla 8 on Twitter. And Bling Blake can be found at bling blake on twitter don't forget to connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes if you recommend this movie come find me in an alleyway i'm never watching this again don't do it to me uh and leave us review on apple podcast and like share and subscribe um in the end listeners remember one thing we cannot rest it is our duty to make the world safe for democracy and from this movie We'll see you next week for our final WTF flop, a movie that takes product placement to the extreme, Mac and Me. I feel like we need to pair that with Grimace Shakes. <laughs> <laughs>